What is going on, Basketball Brains community? I hope y'all are having an amazing weekend. We have a very exciting episode coming to you this week of the Basketball Brains podcast. We're going to dig deeper on the Thunder's traumatizing loss at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Warriors and the Suns split two games this past week. The Lakers and the Clippers had a game on Friday night. And the Lakers' big three is a problem, but not in a good way. All that and more coming to you on this episode of the Basketball Brains podcast. God damn, that's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for the whole state of Oklahoma. I'm embarrassed because I saw the score. I've never seen anything like that. These motherfuckers made history. Yeah, that was the reaction of somebody real close to me I sent to the score. She don't, she don't keep up with basketball at all. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad when somebody who doesn't watch basketball is embarrassed for you because of how bad you lost. The Oklahoma City Thunder, I mean, all I got to say, shit. Shit. I'm glad y'all, y'all played that game in Memphis. Because if you played that game in Oklahoma City, I really hope y'all paid all the fans back. I don't, I don't mean refunds. I mean giving them a stimulus check for how bad that game was. And then you got the nerve to post regroup and back at it again on Monday. No, you need to retreat and go back to Seattle by Monday. You need to get out. You need to be evicted. That Y'all had YMCA kids playing with the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, I've seen Make-A-Wish stuff before, but I thought you let the kids win. What was that? That was traumatic. The Thunder lose by 73 points. They lose 152 to 79, and after the first quarter, this game was never close. If you take out the first quarter, the game would have been 121 to 63. The Grizzlies didn't even have John Morant, their best player. They didn't even have him. Who? This is stressing me out looking at it because. I saw I saw the 2016-76ers. I saw the 2012 Charlotte Bobcats. I've seen teams play terribly, but I've never seen anything like this. I mean, why did you even show up in Memphis? Y'all need to withhold the entire check from each player. I don't care if they... I don't care what they scored. I don't care what their stats look like. You need to withhold their entire check until the next time they win. And with how bad the Thunder are, I don't know if they're going to win again. They might end up being worse than the Charlotte Bobcats or the Sixers back in 2016. And for for people that think that I'm over-exaggerating about how bad this was, I looked into it some more for y'all just so I could let you know how bad the Thunder struggled. And honestly, struggle might be nice because there was only three Memphis Grizzlies players out of the 12 that played that didn't score over 10 points. And they were close to scoring over 10 points too, each one of them. I think the lowest was eight. 
So one layup, they had 10. The Memphis Grizzlies shot 63% on 96 shots. And if you don't think that's bad, you're like, oh, I don't see the big deal. Normal blowouts, teams will have, maybe they'll be shooting around 53%. That's a normal blowout. The Grizzlies shot 63%. From three, they shot 53%. And I get really big into technicalities like rebounding and turnovers. It's important. Look at this. Look at this stat. The Memphis Grizzlies, 53 rebounds. Oklahoma City has 26. The Thunder had 19 turnovers, which honestly surprised me when I saw the score. The Grizzlies had 10. Oh, and that's not the worst part. In the second quarter alone, where this game really turned, that's where this game really turned, the second quarter alone, with nine minutes left, nine even, the Memphis Grizzlies were up by 11. It was 34-23. They went into the half. It was 72-36. to If y'all are letting guys play like that, then, I mean, I mean, honestly, the average Oklahoma City fan should have a contract. Because what was that? Nine minutes left. The Memphis Grizzlies only missed two shots from nine minutes left to halftime. Two shots. The whole second quarter, the Memphis Grizzlies missed as many shots as the Thunder made. I don't have too much more to say on this topic, but this is so embarrassing that... I really believe that Oklahoma City needs to get out. They should not play. They should they should go back to COVID. They need to cancel their games. They need to leave the Chesapeake Bay Arena. They need to get out. I don't want to see another Thunder jersey ever again in my life. Ever. I can't believe a few years ago, they had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and we thought they might win a title. This is only like five years ago. Four or five years ago. We thought they might be title contenders. And now they're losing by 73 points. The Thunder need to get out. That's all I got to say about this. They need to leave the entire state. It's for the best. Go play in Nebraska. Go play in Wyoming. You don't deserve fans after this game. I hope all the Thunder fans burn their jerseys because it was so abysmal. It was appalling. It was... It was god-awful. Oh, my God. That's all I got to say about this. I, we got to move on to the next topic. This is stressing me out. I'm losing hair. All right, on to our next topic. As I try to forget that Oklahoma City loss, the Warrior Suns, two best teams in the NBA. They split two games, 1-1. Phoenix won in Phoenix. The Warriors won in San Francisco. The Suns take game one, 104-96. The Warriors had 22 turnovers. Steph shot abysmally, 4 for 21. Honestly, nothing really went right for the Warriors. But at the same time, you got to give credit to Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton had a double-double with 24 points and 11 rebounds. CP3 had a double-double with 15 points and 11 assists. The bench played really good. The defense was incredible from Phoenix. On the gloomier side of things, Devin Booker did get hurt. It was a hamstring injury. Kept him out of Friday night's game against the Warriors in San Francisco. And 
honestly, this game, though, give credit to the Suns because they looked like a championship-caliber team. They they played incredibly. I think a lot of people thought Golden State would come in there and just beat the brakes off of them, or not even just beat the brakes off them, just beat them. But Phoenix held up. Phoenix held up. They beat Golden State. They took the West for that game. They beat the Pistons, extended their win streak to 18 games, and then they went to San Francisco. Suns came in on an 18-game win streak, snapped as the Warriors win the second game, 118-96, as they reclaim the Western Conference. That's probably the biggest story out of that. The Warriors take the Western Conference back. The game was a lot closer than it appears. The Warriors really pulled away with about five minutes left in the third. Phoenix looked gassed from their back-to-back. Missing D-Book scoring, it really caught up to him. And this game wasn't... It wasn't like Steph went off. I thought Steph would have a bigger game than he did. I thought he would bounce back and have 30. He had 23, shooting 8 for 20. Honestly, Steph wasn't even the biggest story of this game. And complete honesty, he was not the biggest story Gary Payton coming off the bench had a great night. 19 points, 5 rebounds for him. But the story of the game, Juan Toscano Anderson. Probably the biggest night of his career so far. 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. And the two biggest plays of the game, him dunking all over JaVale McGee. And that wild and one. Juan Toscano Anderson out had to be his coming out party he's a really talented player and I knew about him before but I didn't know he was a capable player like he showed Friday night against the Suns he played so good I had to look up his first name I I didn't even know his first name I knew who he was but I didn't know that much about him he played incredible if you watch the game Juan Toscano Anderson was all over that game Good for him, and I hope, honestly, we see more of him. The Warriors had a great team game. And we talked about this on the YouTube video I had. The Warriors, when they keep their turnovers down, they win by a lot. Now, Phoenix was gassed. They were missing Devin Booker. But the Warriors still won by 22. They had 16 turnovers, and I said, normally, if they keep it under 20, they blow teams out. I think the number was 17. That's about that's about if they keep it under there, the Warriors win by a lot most times. The Warriors defense played great. Phoenix was held to 38% shooting on 81 shots, 36% from 3, which isn't too bad. The rebounding category was very very far apart. The Warriors won that 51-38 taking the rebound battle. They look like the two best teams in the in the NBA. It gets me excited for that Christmas Day game. That's the next time they play in Phoenix. Devin Booker will be back. Klay Thompson presumably might be back for that game. So I think that's going to be probably the most exciting game on that Christmas Day slate. I can't wait for it. They're the best two teams in the in the NBA. And 
I know what the score looked like, but do not let the score fool you. The Phoenix Suns are a legit team. They play really well. Tonight just wasn't their night. And Golden State, again, takes back the West. The Phoenix Suns half a game behind. This is going to be a really interesting story playing out throughout the season because I see them both probably, how they're playing, probably being the one or two, one and two seed. They kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack. I know that it's pretty early and a lot can go on. The Utah Jazz, I believe, are in third. They're about four games behind. It's not a huge discrepancy, but Utah isn't as good as the Suns or the Warriors. I think they're going to be the two juggernauts coming out of the West. And hopefully they match up in the playoffs. All going well. I would love to see this because honestly it might be better than the NBA Finals. As the East is a dogfight right now. No team's really solidifying themselves in the East. The Phoenix Suns Golden State Warriors might be the best matchup of the playoffs. So hopefully they match up together. They're... Incredible basketball teams. This season's been so fun to watch them, honestly. 2021-2022 season, nobody expected them to be as good as they are. A lot of people slept on them both. And now they're the best teams in the NBA. So hopefully we get more matchups from these two teams in the playoffs because it's going to be great. And our last topic, the Clippers-Lakers game Friday night. The Clippers won 119-115 in a battle of two of the most mediocre playoff teams out West. The Clippers play really good team basketball. That ended up getting them the win. However, there are a lot of guys on the Lakers that did not play that I think that if they would have played, the Lakers may have been able to win. Paul George played all right, 19 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. He played pretty good, but just a subpar shooting night, 7 for 20. Marcus Morris had a huge game, 21 points, coming up big with a huge shot to seal it. Luke Kennard played really well off the bench with 19 points, coming in clutch for the Clippers. There was a lot of passing and a lot of taking care of the basketball from the L.A. Clippers, 28 assists with 9 turnovers. On the Lakers side of things, Anthony Davis picking up his shooting recently. He has been shooting a lot better than he had than he was. He's having some shooting woes early in the season. This game shot 10 for 15. LeBron shoots 9 for 23. Played alright. 23 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Russell Westbrook, one of the worst games that he's had as a Laker. Um, he played all right overall. He wasn't turning the ball over a lot. He shot four of eight, which was really surprising that he wasn't more aggressive. Ten points, two rebounds, nine assists. I I said that he wasn't more aggressive, but I know people crucify him if he is, crucify him if he isn't. However, tonight just seemed to be the night that he wasn't aggressive, finishing with 10 points. Malik Monk played well off the bench, 8 of 15 with 20 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Again, some of those guys that didn't play that I thought could have got the Lakers the win. Rondo didn't play. 
DeAndre Jordan didn't play. Kent Bazemore didn't play. A lot of other Lakers didn't play. The Los Angeles town has become kind of a, if we're talking about this season, it's more of a Clippers town. Just this season. Um, if we're talking about success. The Lakers are not what we thought they would be at all. And that brings me into the topic that I really wanted to talk about. The Lakers' big three is a big problem right now for the Lakers. Russell Westbrook is not playing into the role that we thought he would. He started off scoring pretty bad starting off his Lakers career. Scoring 8 points his first game, 15, 13, 33, and 20. 2-3 record over his first five games with the Lakers. Obviously, those are just his first games, so... Not too much to be concerned about, but I've noticed something about Russell Westbrook. It seems like Russell Westbrook may be the greatest loser of all time. And hear me out. Russell Westbrook has incredible stats. He plays phenomenal. He is a great player. And when I say that he's the greatest loser... Do not take this the wrong way. Russell Westbrook is not a loser. He plays his heart out. He plays a lot of drive, a lot of passion, a lot of energy. It's really fun to watch. However, those games where he plays with so much intensity that he shoots 35 times, 20 times, 27 times, a lot of those games where he ends up with big triple-doubles, they lose. You see it dating back to his time in OKC. Russell Westbrook gets empty stats a lot of the times. And I don't think that Russell Westbrook's a bad player at all. I don't think that he's going to win a championship how he plays. He doesn't... Russell Westbrook can win you regular season games, but in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook cannot win you a series. With triple-doubles this season, looking at a few triple-doubles he had... A loss to OKC, that was the 27-point loss they had where they lost a huge lead. They won against Charlotte. They won against Miami. They lost against New York. They lost against the Kings for a 2-3 and three record while Russ has a triple-double. I don't think his style of play is benefiting the Lakers. I don't think it's entirely his fault as the Lakers in as a whole the big three isn't holding up to what we thought they would be. AD's having trouble, especially early on in the season, shooting. He had poor shooting games. Some examples, 7 for 14, 15%, 50%, but, you know, AD needs to shoot the ball more than 14 times. 7 for 17, 10 for 23, 9 for 22. Anthony Davis wasn't getting it done early. Played a lot better against the Clippers. I think he had 27 points, 10 rebounds. LeBron's battling injuries. He's only played... Half of the Lakers' games, they are 12-12 and 12 in the season. He's played in half of their games. Games that LeBron has played in, the Lakers are 7-5, and five, which I thought was really surprising. But when I look at it, the teams they're beating, they're winning against, it's kind of, it's not at all what we expected. It's not who they should be. It's not what they should be doing. They squeak by 
under 500 teams like the Pistons, the Pacers, the Rockets. Looking at the, at those three matchups, they beat the Pistons twice by a total of nine points in both games. The Pistons are 4-18. and 18. They beat the Rockets by a total of 12 points. And honestly, if the one game they have played, they have lost by two. If they had drawn up a better play than Kevin Porter just throwing up a step back three, I think the Rockets could have won one of those games. The Rockets are 6 of 16 on the season. The Pacers, they beat by 8. The sub-500 Pacers as well, 9 of 16. I think that this big three isn't working out. I think that we hyped it up a lot. I don't think it's entirely on the big three, though. I think that they do not have the unit as a whole to get it done. I don't like the cast around them. However, these are the big three. These are the guys we're going to point to and say, you should be winning games. We're not going to point to Kent Bazemore or DeAndre Jordan or Rajon Rondo. We're not going to point to them and say, you're the reason we're not winning games. We're going to point to Russell Westbrook, LeBron, AD. I think that this was a failed experiment. I think that it looked like it looks really good on paper because of the names and because of the market. Because it's AD, it's Russ, it's Braun in, in LA for the Lakers. Everyone got excited. Everyone got behind it in a way. But I think that this is a failed experiment. I think the Lakers would have been better off getting other guys besides Russ that would have fit in better with the team. That may not have been guys getting triple doubles. That may not have been getting 45, 30, 27 a night. However, they contribute in other ways that better fits around AD and LeBron. I think that they're sharing the ball a lot more than any of them really like to. LeBron's very ball dominant. Russell Westbrook's ball dominant. Anthony Davis is kind of thrown in there. So I think this is a failed experiment by the Lakers. And it kind of sucks to see. It's kind It sucks to say because I was somebody who thought that this would be a very good trio. I thought it was going to be very exciting to watch. And while it's exciting to watch, it is not resulting in wins. And honestly, I don't think there's any way that the Lakers even make it past the first round if they get through the play-in game. I can see the Lakers getting a play-in game against a really hungry team and and losing. Because the Lakers are sitting in the seventh seed right now. Not to say that they can't pull it together and get in outright, but if they do make the play-in, I can see them losing. I really think that the Lakers have been one of the most disappointing teams in the West outside of the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, I think, were number two last season in the seedings. Right now, they're almost outside of the play-in tournament in the 10th seed. However, that's what I feel about it. I think it's a failed experiment so far. Could I be wrong? Could they turn it around and play great and get into the playoffs outright? Yes. However, I still don't see them winning a first-round series against a good quality team. Because if they get in, they'll probably be playing a high-seeded team, probably be the away team. I don't see the Lakers winning in that scenario against a Utah, against a Golden State, against a Phoenix. I think that 
maybe it might be in their best interest to blow it up, try to get some assets to fit in better. Because we've seen with AD and LeBron, they can they can win a chip when they're together. While it was against the Miami Heat, I think the Miami Heat are a quality team. I don't think they were set up to compete in the 2020 Finals with the Lakers. But, however, that's no no discredit to them winning a championship. They did win a championship together. I think that it's probably, again, in their best interest to blow it up. So, that's all I got on the subject. This has been the Basketball Brains Podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope y'all have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy it. Stay safe. And until next time.